Have you ever felt left out? Ignored? Overlooked? Unseen? You ever had those moments in your life where you just wondered if anyone cared? Today, as we continue our journey looking at the angelic messages surrounding the birth narratives, we come to Luke chapter 2, where the angels deal with a group of people who, whose whole life was really an issue of being overlooked, unseen, because of the nature of their job, dealing with animals, living where they lived. They were not allowed to participate in most of sacred rituals of Israel. They lived basically in a perpetual status of uncleanness that prevented them from going to the temple, prevented them from being part of so much that was a part of the everyday Israelite life. And so it is of no small significance that among all the people that God could have sent his angels to talk to, he talked to these people. He didn't go to kings. He didn't go to priests. He didn't go to prophets. He went to shepherds. The overlooked of Israel. And in that message, in that exchange, we see something very powerful about the message that the angels brought and that we as believers are to continue to bring to every person who dwells on this earth. Look with me, if you will, in verses 8 through 20 of Luke chapter 2. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from, their, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them, concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at, the shep at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured all 
these things in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray today that as we look at the truths of this passage, Lord, that you would help it to sink in how much you love each and every one of us. And how every person on this planet matters to you. And God, that with that realization, God, I pray that you would also help us to understand our responsibility to participate in the mission you've given us to take that gospel to every person. To share your truth with those we come in contact with. And to pray for those who are carrying that message to parts of the world we'll never be able to get to ourselves. Lord, please use this time for your glory, for your purposes. It's in Christ's name I pray. One of the things that I perhaps love most about the Christmas season is the Light of Moon Christmas offering. Will's going to be, be sharing a, a little bit more about that during the announcement time, but I just wanted to, to highlight just how special and different and unique that whole process of our missionaries is how we support them and how we pray for them, how we give to the ministries that they carry out, that we play a role, that we play a part in the message going to the world. It's special. It's significant. but it doesn't exclude us from our own responsibility to share with those that we come in contact with on a daily basis. You and I are missionaries. You and I have been challenged, have been given the responsibility to share the truth of God's love with a world that desperately needs to hear it. And as the angels speak to the shepherds here, we get a sense of that message. And at the heart of that message is the truth that it is good news. The word gospel, as I'm sure you know, means good news. And that's what the, that's what the angels are sharing here. It's, it's, it's good news. And, and, and I want us to see, first of all, that the message really is Good news. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the message of Jesus really is good news? I think in our heads we say, yeah, yeah, I know that. I, I understand that. I, I, I see that. But has it really gotten a hold of our life that it is? Because let me tell you, 
Generally speaking, when we have good news, when we have received it or experienced good news, we're telling people. I mean, when when Will got engaged to Ashley, I was telling people, he's engaged, woohoo! She's a great girl, woohoo! You know, when Lauren graduated with honors, I was telling people. When thing, when good things happen in our lives, we tell people. I got a grandchild. I got a child on the way. I, I got a new job. I got a new situation. I got a new circumstance. I got a new truck. I got a new car. I got a new whatever. We're excited. We're telling people the good news of what's happened to us. Then why aren't we telling people about Jesus? Because that's the best news. It's the best news. Notice what the, how the angels characterize it. I, I, I love this. It says, I, I bring you what? Good news of great joy. Well, we're just going to pile it on here. I'm, I'm not just bringing you some everyday good news. I'm bringing you good news that's going to fill you with joy and the peace of God. And then as they begin to express the good news, how do they how do they start? Glory to God in the highest. How can I say how wonderful this news is? I can say it by starting with God deserves the highest of all praises. My words cannot encapsulate how much praise he deserves for what he's doing with it. There's nothing I could say. The angels seem to be saying that is grander than this, that is more praiseworthy than this. That is more amazing and wonderful and significant than this. Because from this, everything is going to change. The message really is good news. Secondly, the message is indeed for every person. Even the way the message is brought signifies this. You have multiple shepherds, and what do you have? You have multiple angels. It only took, would have taken one angel to, to spread this message. But it says what? The sky was filled with the heavenly host. There were a multitude of angels here. Because there's a multitude of people who needed to hear the message. As I said before, they're sharing it with a people who would have otherwise, in their culture, in their society, been overlooked. Nobody would have even asked, did anybody think to go tell the shepherds? It would have never even occurred to people that they need to know too. And I'm afraid there's 
a whole host of people in our world, even here in Marshall, who we never think about telling the good news to. Did anybody think to tell those people who live over in that neighborhood? Did anybody think to, to tell the people who maybe don't have vehicles or don't have the th access to the things that we have? Anybody think to tell those people that are different than we are, how they look, how they dress, how they talk? But the message is for everybody. And notice, notice the sign. You ever found this sign just a, a little bit interesting? This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a feed trough. Now, there's, there's two parts to that sign. Okay, there's the, the feed trough part, which is, okay, that's typically not where you're going to put a baby. Okay. That's typically not where you're going to find a baby, so that's kind of significant. But the first part, the swaddling clothes, what, what's up with that? Well, why is that significant? Well, the Bible itself earlier gives us kind of a clue as to what's going on with that statement. Now, in Ezekiel 16.4, Ezekiel's not talking about the Messiah. He's not talking about the Savior. But he mentions the custom of swaddling clothes. And in mentioning this, he gives us kind of a clue as to what the angels are getting at. He writes there in verse 4, And as for you, as for your birth, on the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to cleanse you, nor were you rubbed with salt, nor were you wrapped in swaddling clothes. So in this word of judgment that Ezekiel's, he's speaking to here, he's what? He, he's saying that, that this entity didn't receive that, which is what? It's the normal practice for children, for babies. And what does all this mean, this wrapped in salt, or rubbed in salt and wrapped in swaddling clothes? It, it, it basically served two functions in their culture. It was both a hygienic purpose. It was there to, to cleanse and to strengthen the baby's skin. And it was a, there was a spiritual purpose to it in terms of this, this sense of warding off the evil of the world. That's why they did it. So when the angels say to the shepherds, you're going to find this baby, and this baby is special. This baby is significant. This baby is what? He's the Lord. He is the Messiah, they say there at the end of verse 11. He is a descendant of David. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. He's the boss. He's the king. He's the ruler. looking at Old Testament scriptures, when they say he is Christ the Lord, the word Lord there is meant to link Jesus to the God of the Old Testament, Yahweh. There's a connection in the usage there. 
So he's all these things. Amazing, wonderful, overwhelming things. But he's also what? He's also one of us. And he goes through the same rituals of birth that we go through. I, I, I love the, the song in many ways. I love you know the song Silent Night. It's a beautiful lullaby of sorts. But there is an unrealistic section of it, I think. And I, I think it's almost sad when it says Jesus no crying he makes, almost suggesting that Jesus never cried. I'm sure that would have been news to Mary. He was a baby. He was one of us. And when he was hungry, he let her know. Not by saying, hey, Mary, hungry over here. He would have cried. When he was dirty, he did his diaper change, he would have let her know. Just the way we let our moms know. Jesus was one of us. He walked this earth. He breathed this air. The God we worship, the God who created us, has walked amongst us. That's love. That's joy. We don't serve a God who's unknowable and unreachable and untouchable and, 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 and just beyond everything. Actually, in some ways, he is those things, but he's also what? He's also someone who has walked amongst us, who has cried, who has bled, who went hungry, who felt betrayal, who felt overwhelmed, Scripture says. Our God knows us. He understands us. And he's willing to go to the greatest of depths to reach every person. To communicate that truth to us. The message has the power to change lives. Notice the change in the shepherds' lives here. Their newfound faith, their newfound experience, this, this moment of meeting Jesus does what? It results in at least two things, according to the text here. It, it results, in, first of all, in a desire to tell others about Jesus. Verse 18, it says, All who heard it, wondered at what the shepherds told them. Now that sentence only is necessary and only is significant if what? If there's more than Mary and Joseph hearing what they're, what they're saying. If it's just Mary and Joseph that they're talking to and they're saying, hey, we had this experience with the angels and all this other stuff, that sentence is unnecessary. 
All they have to say is, they told Mary and Joseph, and Mary kept it in their hearts. But they say what? All. As if there's this multitude. There's this group. I can just imagine as they're going into Bethlehem, which wasn't large, but at this point seems to have been at least packed with people because of the census and so forth. As they're going through the streets, they're all like, you wouldn't believe what we just experienced. God has a message for us. He told us. Can you believe it? He told us. We were just out there watching our sheep doing our thing. These angels appeared. And they told us of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. He's the God of our ancestors. And he's here. These people who would have lived lives of radical isolation are now connecting with everybody they came across, talking to everybody they encountered. The second thing they did was what? They, they started praising God, glorifying God, lifting him up. Verse 20, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Again, remember what I said. These are people who weren't able to go to your normal worship services. These are people that didn't get to sing the psalms with the great crowds around the temple or even in the synagogues. These are people who would have lived in isolation. And yet, now, everywhere they're going, they're just singing the new song. They're just praising the God who loves them. Because he saw them and reached out to them. In our culture, in our world, we are constantly looking for the affirmation of our worth. One of the biggest sections in bookstores is what? It's the self-help section. It's the affirmation section. You're special. You're wonderful. Books and books and books are written by people trying to, to, to get people to see that on some level. When at the end of the day, this is the book we need most. We're dying for someone to tell us that we are valuable, that we are important, that we are loved. Jesus has already told you that when he came. When he left his glory in heaven to be laid in a feed trough for you. We think of the wonder and the torture of cross, and that is indeed beyond imagination. But even just the incarnation itself proclaims God's deep and abiding love for you. The depths that he's willing to go to so that you would understand 
how desperate your need is, and how deep his love is. But here's the last truth about this message, and that is that it demands a decision. The shepherds decided to act on the message to go meet the Savior. Verse 15, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Again, why is that sentence even in the story? You could easily jump from the angels to, and they went, in verse 16. But you have this deliberation. You have this discussion between shepherds. Why? Because God's word always demands a decision. It demands a response. Every time we hear the message of the gospel, God's good news, we are called to a crisis of faith. We are called to a moment of decision. We are called to a point to where we say, will I respond to this? Will I share this? Will I communicate this? Will I relate this to the world around me? Verse 14 says what? We'll look more at this next week, but it says what? And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What's the intent of that? The intent of that is the angel saying, if you want the peace, if you want the, the joy, if you want the, the, the goodness of this news, please God by responding to him. By taking his message seriously, by seeing that it is indeed good news for every person, with a power that changes lives. See that, experience that, live that. And if you're here this morning and you've never responded to that, maybe you've been in church your whole life. Maybe you only come around the holidays. None of that matters. you haven't responded to Christ. If you haven't responded to the good news. If you haven't entered into a relationship with him. A relationship that will change you forever. Jesus isn't calling you to just pray a prayer. He isn't calling you to quote, ask him into your heart. He isn't calling you to baptism. He's calling you to surrender. Put your life in his hands. And then all those other things that I just mentioned will follow. But it begins with a decision to respond to the message of the good news. Brothers and sisters, those of you who 
have made that decision, who have surrendered your life, who have tasted of the Lord and seen that he is good. We all need to start acting like it really is good news. Telling people that we come in contact with the great things that God has done and continues to do in the lives of those who respond to his message. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for the good news. I thank you for your son. God, I pray this morning that if there's anyone here who does not have a relationship with you, who's not in the place where they've surrendered to your leadership, where they've responded to your message, God, I pray you would draw them and they would respond. God, I also pray for conviction in my heart and in the hearts and minds of my brothers and sisters here to share the good news of salvation with a world that so desperately needs to hear it. Lord, use this time for your purposes. In Christ's name, amen.